Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that all of you are doing well. My name is Terrence Hunt. Welcome to another version of Leadership Legacy Podcast. And we're talking about kingdom leadership, of course. And today we will be discussing the signs of mature leadership, part one. The signs of mature leadership, part one. So I want to welcome all of you today that are here watching and we pray that God's presence and his blessings are with you today as we go forward. So today we want to get right into it. We will start our podcast by reading some verses in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And we will be reading verses 13 through 18. And it reads, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty as an occasion for, to the flesh, but by love serve one another for all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself but if ye bite and devour one another take heed that ye be not consumed one of another this i say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And so we want to talk about this today, um, this signs of mature leadership. And so as we start the scripture out, we understand that leadership is an opportunity to serve. Uh, leadership is not an opportunity for power. It's not an opportunity for self-gratification. It's not an opportunity to try to overcompensate for some things that we may not have gotten in the past. Uh, leadership is an opportunity to serve and we're not to abuse it or use it for selfish reasons. There, there are some in leadership that are failing because leadership has been used to fulfill some desire for power, status, or wealth, and that leadership has been used by some to anesthetize emotional or psychological pain by receiving attention or affirmation or ego boost. Um, I say anesthetize, that's a big word, but what I'm saying is that some people use leadership to try to heal some of their internal pain because maybe they experienced some things early in life and leadership is a, seems like a way they can overcome, overcompensate for some of those things. But, but we have to be careful about this. Leadership especially kingdom leadership is a heavy responsibility and it is not to be used lightly. Um, so we need to take advantage of, you know, doing what we can do to help others. Leadership is an opportunity to serve. Jesus said in the scriptures that, um, you know, he came not into the world to, to serve, to be served, but he came into the world to serve and give himself a life, a ransom for many. And so we have to follow the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we are Christians and following Christ and being Christ-like, we must do what Christ did. We must live according to the pattern that Christ set. Christ set the pattern to serve. He said those that would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven must be the servant of all. And so this is opposite of what the world does. This is opposite of what uh, even the 
strong people in Jesus' day were doing, the Roman Empire and the Pharisees and Sadducees. Those people wanted status and power and to lord it over people. But Jesus said, if you're going to be a leader in my kingdom, my kingdom operates upside down. My kingdom operates the opposite of the world. Uh, 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 in, 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 in my kingdom, the servants are at the top. The people who are doing the work, the hard work, they're at the top. The people who are willing to serve and and get on the low level doesn't mean you can't have a leadership position but why do you have that position are you in position to try to be over people are in you position and you in leadership position because you want to serve and you want to influence and you want to help individuals and impact them that's that's what this is all about and so the apostle paul comes with the scripture in first corinthians and he really admonishes us to understand it doesn't matter what you're doing, but if you don't have love behind what you're doing, what you're doing is ineffective. And so we got to look at this scripture because the key for the leadership is love. The key is love. And I want to want to say this, you know, I like the word leadership because leadership has an L in it. And I like the word love because love has an L in it. Both of them have the, the letter L at the beginning. Leadership and love have L's in them. We need to be loving people. We need to be caring about people, being our brother's keeper. And so I will read 1 Corinthians 13 for you. And this is the Apostle Paul, and I will read through verse number 7. And though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge and though I have faith that I could remove mountains and have not love or charity I am nothing and though I could bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not love it profits me nothing love suffers long and is kind love envies not love vaunteth not itself up love is not puffed up does not behave itself unseemly does not seek its own is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Wow. It says the next verse, and I should read this, that love never fails. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. We have to understand we're going to be a leader in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of Christ must manifest through us. We must love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And then we must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So I'll let you meditate on that. Let you think about that. That's a whole lot in what I just said. We love God with all our heart, souls, and minds. That's vertical relationship. We love our neighbor as ourself. That's vertical relationship. How can you say that you love God whom you've never seen if you can't love your neighbor who you see every day? But I hear a whole lot of Christians saying, I love God, but they treat their neighbors and their peers like garbage. God saying, I never, 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 I don't know you. The Lord said in the scriptures that this is how all men will know you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. I don't care what else. Anybody says, 
Jesus' words are true. He says, they're going to know that you have fruit in your life because you love people, because you love your brother and your sister. Does that mean we like everything that our brother and sister does? Absolutely not. Does that mean we condone or approve of everything our brother and sister does? Absolutely not. We don't approve of everything that our children do. Those of you who have children, but we still love our children. We still um, support our children. We still want the best for them, even if they are not doing things the way that we think they should be done. Jesus never stopped loving us when we were just in a world of sin. We were out there rebelling, some of us cursing God to his face, and he still loved us anyway. We have to love like that, y'all. We need God and his Holy Spirit to teach us how to love because love is what's going to make the difference. The Apostle Paul told you, if you don't have love, there's all this other stuff you running around you think you're doing in the church, all this stuff you running around thinking you're doing in God's kingdom, it doesn't amount to anything. It's just a bunch of noise. And my pastor says it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It doesn't because love is what makes the difference. Love is what unlocks the kingdom. It's love, you guys. Very simple, very simple concept. People don't want the simplicity of the gospel. They want it to be something high and mighty. But no, God wants you to love your neighbor as yourself. Stop judging. Stop putting excessive burdens on people. Love others the way that the Lord loves you. The Lord died on the cross for our sins, gave himself a ransom for many. Didn't ask us for a thing. Only thing he asked us for is faith. Just believe in me. You can get in the kingdom. Hey, if the Lord loved us like that, we weren't even thinking about him while he was thinking about us. Why can't we love each other? Oh, man, we've got to get an understanding of what Jesus did on that cross. We've got to get an understanding. We've got to get an understanding of the fact that we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't deliver ourselves. So for anybody who's in the kingdom leadership position, you want to serve God, you want to love God and be a leader for God, you're not loving, take a time out, put your position on hold, and get that part right first, and then come back. Because God's saying, you're not even qualified to be my leader if you can't love people. That's numero uno. It's number one. It's the most important trait. So yes, I did get on my soapbox on that, but want you to understand it, because without love, you're not going to be effective for God. You just won't. And we have to be aware that we do not consume one another in a struggle for power, attention, or material gain. Boy, I saw that scripture in Galatians, and I almost started laughing because the Apostle Paul's language is kind of funny when he talks about not biting one another and devouring one another. But there was a point that the Apostle Paul was making as he was talking about that. And I want to find that. It's Galatians, the fifth chapter, and it's the 15th verse. And it says, um, But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of one another. Saying, listen, you guys got to stop the madness. Stop attacking one another. Stop trying to outdo one another. Sometimes leaders get competitive with each other. Sometimes leaders get into a power struggle or trying to show off and be better than the other person. It's not important. 
We all get the same reward if we obey the Lord Jesus Christ. We all get the same reward. It doesn't matter how high a position is or how low a position is. We're doing God's work. The pay is the same. We got to stop trying to compete with one another like we did when we was in the world. We're not in the world. This is God's kingdom and it operates a different way. So we don't want to destroy each other trying to get somewhere. God, you submit to God in due season, he will exalt you. We don't need to be attacking one another. We don't even need to attack one another um, if we're offended by something the other person says or does. God doesn't want us to operate like that. So Paul was dealing with these people because apparently the Galatians had gotten into the flesh. They had not been walking in the spirit, and they got in the flesh, and they were they were yielding themselves to carnal desires and motives. And that created bitterness and anger, and they were fighting one another. And God says, not so in my house. We can't do this. And so um, we have to understand we, we need to be people of love, people of prayer, people of understanding. We're to love our brother and sister. We're to help our brother and sister. We're to come together. And so as we begin to wrap up, um, this will be a short podcast today. Um, we know that we are led by the Holy Spirit. We are to be led by the Holy Spirit. But that's where the freedom is. That's where the freedom is. These things that we were talking about, this, these, these, these conflicts, these biting and devouring one another, that's bondage. That's the enemy tying us up. That's the enemy making us unproductive in the kingdom of God when we're doing all these crazy things just like the world does. No, we have to be better than that. Our, Jesus is our example and our Lord, and he never had a power struggle with the disciples. He didn't have to fight for the kingdom. He didn't have to fight anybody. He got on the cross and he submitted knowing who he was. And so this is how we got to walk. We got to know. We got to submit to God's will and know who we are. It didn't make Jesus any less powerful being on that cross. In fact, the fact that he laid his life down willingly what made him powerful. And so there are times when we have to sometimes lay some things down and show that we understand who we are, what our purpose is, and what God is able to do. Let's get ready to pray, and, and I'll let you go. Okay, um, Father God, I want to thank you for those under the sound of my voice. I pray that this message has been a blessing to some. We're looking at the signs of mature leadership, part one. And God, we just pray that you would show us how to walk this out. Show us how to be mature. Show us how to walk in your spirit and be led, and not walk in the flesh. Because... Lord, we can't do anything in the flesh. We can only be effective when we operate in you. We can only be effective when we're being led by you and we follow your precepts and your laws. We thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, my, my, my heart goes out to all of you. I pray to God to continue to bless what you're doing. And just remember, these are the signs of mature leadership. This is part one. Uh, my, my thought is that we'll probably do three three um three part series here and uh see where see where it goes all right but you guys be blessed god bless you love you